All right, let's hit it. Woohoo. Creativity is an extension of the human experience. This wild, boundless seascape has been our anchor for our friendship and our sanity. This podcast is an exploration between close friends of storytelling and artistic expression. I'm so excited because in this chapter, we are exploring the life of Alejandro Bernard, one of my oldest friends, and ask him to tell us about some of the magic he's seen, heard, and experienced along the way. This marks our first time team interviewing as Dreamcasters. So it's just so special to be interviewing this creative and that who happens to not be in our shared media. So we'll have a lot to learn, riff off of, and some differences to consider. Welcome, Ali. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. Really, really exciting. I was I was stoked when uh, when I got the invitation. And I also got the uh, the Patreon uh, membership from you, Rudu. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I love Patreon. I like that it can allow me to hearken back to some wonderful time where I would have been, you know, either yeah. a Renaissance painter or perhaps some mythical queen yeah. supplementing <laughs> her artists. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know, modern day mythical queen. Yeah, I was going to say that very thing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's really great. I'm still trying to understand the platform. I totally because I don't patronize other people, so I don't completely understand it. But from what I get, people just they'll see some of your stuff and they just really appreciate it and they want to support you. Um, it's it's very different than a business. Mm-hmm. Like it feels to me where people want to actually buy a product or you know pay money per month for a service. I just get the sense that the general culture on Patreon is that people just like what they see and they just want to um, to give which I think yeah. is awesome. Yeah, I see it as like a global, political, social um, portal for activism. You know, I get okay. to put my money where my heart is. And, um, you know, especially when it comes to like supporting indigenous creatives, I feel like, mm. you know, if I'm if I'm all talk with equity sure. and inclusion, I better be doing that with my dollars as well. So there's quite a lot of um, yeah. people that I fund. <laughs> Darn, darn tootin'. Yeah, even how, if it's how just many a people do you? Dollars. How many people do you patronize? Um, I'd say it's probably on the seven or eight. Uh, really, people wrong right now. Yeah, and it like it's flexible. I'll do anywhere from like some. I have two dollars a month. Some I'll have five dollars a month. And okay, like a lot of the people that I like, um, some of them are based on their ideas and they supplement, they like create like a syllabus for me to learn from. And then others are just like their artistic portfolios. And so you just get like little little special packages. But for me, it's like, I don't need anything from it. I just, that's my way, you know, like every dollar counts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be one of those seven, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it makes total sense. You're our you're our theme song. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Whimsical aliens. How Yay. about that? Yeah, you would so, have just heard actually our whimsical aliens um thing once this is yeah. all put together. Um nice. Do you want to tell us piece. about yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, no, I would love to talk about that piece. Um, because the original title is not Whimsical Aliens at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, it was a piece of music that I wrote and then released for a New Year's Eve celebration. 
like, oh, you wow. know, welcome, we're bringing in the New Year's Eve. Um, and it was to me a prayer. Um, it's actually the original title is Glory to God. Um, because to me, as I was sitting down and writing this, um, it, it felt very prayerful. Um, and the process that I did when I was writing this tune is that I, I discovered this new software. It's called Ableton Live. And I'm mm. primarily a pianist. Um, and a practitioner of keyboard instruments. And so I started to, when the pandemic hit, start using technology um, like Ableton Live, which is, uh, it's called a DAW. And for anybody listening, that's a digital audio workspace. It's just kind of a place where you can record music and you can use your electric keyboard um, to generate all kinds of different sounds. And so I discovered this sound. It was really cool. It's called Echo Bay. And just if you touched it light, it made a neat sound. If you touched it hard, it made a different sound. And so it was just so wonderful to explore. And then, you know, I was just so thankful as I was writing it. And there was just some places and it just to be in that place of creation. And I was just, you know, I had to give it up to God at that minute. So, mm. um, so that's, uh, to me, it was, it was really powerful. And then it got like, you know, 102 views on YouTube or something, you know, it, which is nothing. Um, and uh, so I kind of, did, you know, wrote it off as something that that wasn't great. Um, mm. And then you, when you guys came to me, I was able to kind of like um, reinvigorate this piece of music. I added a, a drum backing track um, to kind of give it some pep. Um, but there, <laughs> but there's a spirit of playfulness. Um, mm -hmm. there's a spirit of love in this music. Um, there's a bit of silliness and, you know, it's, uh, I think a, a just as good a title as whimsical aliens. So I'm honored to have that be the, the, the theme for this, this show. What an evolution. That's amazing. Um, and it's funny because Rudo, when we were trying to think of what to use, Rudo said, whimsical aliens something like that and i was like hmm and then when we came to you you were like i've got it and then it was really funny when i heard it i was dancing around the house and yeah, josh was yeah. like i was like do you hear it what does it sound like and he was like it sounds like whimsical aliens and i was like <laughs> sweet no, it worked sweet. out and um i kind of want to like set the stage a little bit um sure. because what you just said was really cool about how you said it was you said you gave it to God or like you felt kind of like it was like you were resonating with some kind of energy, I suppose. Yeah. Is that correct? Um, Definitely. And so something like Rudo and I play with a lot on this podcast is like mythology and storytelling. And, you know, I kind of wanted to like start like at the beginning when Ollie was little. And, uh, and like, personal um, mythology. Personal mythology. And like, wow. uh, I love, I okay. didn't know that about, you Whoa. know, you, that you had that experience. And so thinking back, like, when was your first, like, where you were like, oh, that's my story? Or for some reason, I thought it could be a video game. But I was like, because I know you in video games. But I was like, when yeah. did you first get that connection yeah. with like that energy? And with that particular energy. So that energy is, it's a deep, um, it's, it's a, it's, it's a deep thankfulness. It's a deep gratefulness. And so, you know, like my mom raised me, she was super tough, super tough, <laughs> but there was always like, and she, she's a bit of a dramatic figure. Um, she's, she's, <laughs> she can be very dramatic. Um, but there was always like this deep feelings of gratitude, um, mm. just deep feelings of, of thankfulness for, you know, having things. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I guess, you know, I, I, um, 
you know, I felt it then. I definitely felt it as an adult, like being in church. Um, I was the, uh, this is kind of funny. So I'm half Puerto Rican. Um, I'm half Greek. Um, I love jazz music and I end up being the music director at an all black AME Zion church. Wow. Um, I don't know how that works out. Um, <laughs> my wife is white. Um, you know, so it's just, there's this blend of unique experiences and, and, uh, and cultures, um, mm-hmm. you know, coming all together. Um, but yeah, and I wasn't like religious as a kid or anything, you know, I, I think I, you know, was even like atheist at some point. So Mm -hmm. that, you know, didn't even come up. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, I I, I felt that. And I, you know, I feel a bunch of other things, but the one, the feeling that, or the energy connection that I think you guys are talking about is just like when you're in, some people call it flow. Mm -hmm. You're just like in the middle of your work and things are really working and like, oh my God, this is heaven. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't rather be doing anything else for Mm -hmm. eternity Mm -hmm. like this. We're in the zone right now um, and it feels great. Um, It gives you the warm fuzzies inside. Yeah. You know, and and the thing that I kind of struggle with is that I felt that and I don't know if that comes across to the audience. Um, because when I put it on YouTube and I see it gets 105 views, you know, people just, they don't care, you know, or maybe that, that same feeling didn't resonate with them. So, you know, I would, I would love to have like a funnel directly from my heart and soul and just be like, here, here's what it looks like, everybody, you know, Mm. uh, try it. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I always wonder if people feel the same way about my music, the same way that I do. Oh, wow. That's an interesting, because there's no way to really even be able to measure that because whatever, um, w- way that you manage your expression and the way that you articulate that it's it's unique to you. It's only going to sure. be native to you. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you can definitely say that your work is moving and you generate. There's a there's a thing that you do really well, which is generate a, a genuine connection. Like even mm. you know, it's it's very strongly felt here because I'm you know here live with you. But even just yeah. through your YouTube channel. Um, there's a sense of presence, of openness and connectedness that's um, achieved in your work. Oh, wow. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Um, And you built a community um, over the many years I've known you where you teach people in your community. So you are resonating with people. Um, Hmm. That whole thing of like, yeah, like that whole thing of like YouTube and and like the outside world's trust me, me and Rudo talk about all that, that all the time. Like, it's such a weird, like, you know, I've seen people on Instagram suddenly hit the viral thing. Right. Mm, and like, very fascinating. That's, and that's interesting. But I'm like, mm, like, what if one thing I made, I don't know if I want that anyway, but I'm not saying you sure. don't, I would love that to happen to you. Yeah, like, I, I definitely would love that. I would love yeah. that to happen to you too. Yeah. I think it would be a huge burden, but I think it would be very exciting. Yeah. Um, but just because it's not happening, I think is where I'm getting at, doesn't mean that you aren't resonating because mm. this really resonated for us, um, for ours. And um, and again, like when you teach kids and when you've taught people and yeah, I'm sure even when you teach Anna, your daughter. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, and that's I know it resonates with Alice. You know, I've just heard so many people resonate with your work. So it's, oh. it's definitely doing that. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate that affirmation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, going back to my mythology, um, you know, I, I started playing piano as I five. Oh, uh, that's wow. when I started taking my first piano lessons. 
And um, I didn't, I wasn't serious about it or anything. You have some parents who put their kids in piano lessons and they just have weekly lessons. It was never structured like that for me. Um, I had, you know, off and on lessons and then I would go off for a couple of years. I do lessons again. And the story that I always like to tell is that when I was about six or seven and my mom wanted me to practice because she was paying for lessons. And so she set a timer on the piano and she said, okay, I'm going to set the timer for 15 minutes. And this timer is up. That's when your practice session is done. I said, okay, mom. And she goes, you know, to do the dishes or something like that. So when she was looking, I take the timer and I slowly pull it back to five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you never wanted to stop. I know, I know. So, you know, I was like, oh, that, that 15 minutes went by really quick, mom. You know, that's, uh, that was it. So now you know, I practice every day for 45 minutes. So mom, if you're listening out there, you know, the, the money Aww. paid off. And so, so she so you taught you? No, but she paid for the piano lessons. So, gotcha. you know, yeah, yeah. No, right. no, she, she has, a, she has a beautiful voice and she has, um, uh, good musicianship. Like she oh, has, cool. just, she's just a naturally good musician with a good ear. Ooh. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so a really wanna, great singer. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And so like I just want to clarify, so you kind of as a child, you weren't super into it, but you kind of did it anyway. It, did you enjoy doing it at the time or I, was it just you didn't I, feel like the discipline wasn't hitting you I, at that time? I I I was I didn't know how to practice. I and I did love the piano and when people would show me stuff by rote, they'd say, "Hey, let me teach you this song by hand." I would eat it up. I'd want to oh, learn all the cool. songs that all like, you know, my cousins were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to sit down and actually practice, mm-hmm. um half of that was me because, you know, I didn't try. Um but half of that was nobody had taught me how to practice. At that age, you really don't know how to practice. I mean, imagine if if you all were, you know, six or seven and and somebody wanted you to practice your um your penmanship technique or something. Oh you know, yeah. Terrible. It ain't gonna happen. No. Uh, no. So yeah. So I, I think that was natural precocious resistance. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about that. <laughs> uh, all oh, that precocious precocious <laughs> undercurrents. Precocious Resistance. I like that. That's the name of an, an album, I think. <laughs> it should be. The, the three of us could make together. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, was there a song that like caught you when you were that age that you were like, ooh, and it like brought you, brought you deeper? Was it not until high school? Like, Yeah, I you- liked... I like classical music. I like listening to classical music. Uh, Mozart, you know, he has this really famous Turkish march. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows and loves that song. Um, I love, I love to listen to classical music. Me too. And um, yeah, I wouldn't say there's any particular song at that time. I really, I really didn't get fully committed into piano until you know, in my late teens or my early twenties. I think that's mm. when I decided to make a a, a commitment to that. Um, but you know, I was doing the, the the things that kids do. I I played trumpet in my school band. I really love that. That was fun. You get to play loud, Ooh. yeah, uh, make big noises. And um, you know, I ran track. Um, I you know, I was a pretty accomplished distance runner. I you know, I ran a four twenty mile at one Ooh. point. Oh wow! Um, and my knees feel it today. I'm thirty seven. Oh. My my yeah. Yeah, they they creak. This house creaks a little bit. <laughs> so many great photographs I've seen. 
Yeah. Of yeah. You and great. all those awesome friends. You mean my disgusting face as I'm crossing the finish line. <laughs> I just heard so many. It's like legend. It's like in the town of Lansing. Just so, just that group of boys just like yeah. killed it. It was epic. It was like it was Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings style. Yeah. 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 I would say it was like that. That's right. We, That's what we, it felt we, like to me whenever I heard stories of it. Cause you'd always talk, everyone always talked about it, like at gatherings yeah. and stuff. That's very cool. There's, there's the mythos, you know, when you're kind of yeah. looking back in, in a glorious mm. way to your past. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we were inducted to the, uh, the Lansing high school hall of fame. Holy uh, heck. Yeah. Yeah. Well that happened, uh, like you know, 10 years ago or something now. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. But um, it was, we were very lucky. And at that time, and I won't talk about this too much because this is supposed to be an art podcast. Um, but we had, we you had, do you, boo? Uh, well, thank you. Um, we had six guys, you need a team of seven. And we had six guys. And there was a rival who was excellent runner who went to a different school. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> and he ended up moving to our school. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking it, about. Yes, yes. Um, I, I, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we had a full team of seven and we just squashed everybody. He was amazing. Um he he ran great. Um and it was and he was uh competitive, like overly competitive. And I think we needed that energy on the team. Um we Yeah, needed, someone's gotta go a, a little prick. too far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We needed it though. It's it's actually That's it made cool. us better. Win and- or death. I also need to say something I always tell my students because um, yeah. you said, well, this is supposed to be about art. Well, you know what I tell my students in our class? I what say, do you tell your yeah. students? The energy of sports. And this is something I learned from hanging out with all you guys for so many years because yeah. I was never into sports at all. Um, okay. The level of discipline you have to put in to sure. training um, for track or for any sort of sport is the same energy you put in to any piece of art. And I tell my kids, do you know how many hours I've put into a portrait? Right. How many hours Rudo has put into projects she's done? You know, Mm. it's, and you have to sit with it and you have to, it's more of a psychological battle, but it takes discipline the same way in order to get anywhere. And I think to sit with an idea. And so the fact that you had that ability at that time, Hmm. has certainly carried over into your artistry you know it's definitely helped yeah and i feel especially as you're running track endurance is a big part of what we were doing we were a cross-country team and so being able to sustain myself um doing the same thing for long periods of time or to have like the mental fortitude to focus on one thing for a long period of time exactly yeah yeah Yeah. um yeah that 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 definitely has helped i i definitely agree with that I think that discipline helps. I think loving what you're doing helps. Like when you're really into your project, um, mm. I think it's just that motivates, that's motivation in and of itself when you really are enjoying what you're doing. Um, and I'm an expert procrastinator. Um, like if you assign me something, um, I'm going to do something else like every time. Um, and that secondary project end up turning to be awesome. Um, <laughs> right. And, and I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I just like I'll have in my mind, I want to do a project. But if somebody assigns me that same exact project, like for work or something, I don't mm-hmm. want to do it. Oh, yeah. 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 I yeah. feel you on um, that one. I'm actually that I have a hard time with. Yeah, I'm a little different than that. But um, I did want to like ask then, uh, how was school for you? Um, how was school for me? Yeah, that's a school is, school is great. Um, oh, good. Yeah, high school? Yeah. You like Yay. high school? 
Yeah, high school was good. Okay. I enjoyed it. Um, we had, like you said, a, a great group of friends. Um, we were on the same track team, um, you know, and, you know, we we uh, we just enjoyed each other's company and, you know, things are going well. Um, I struck out with girls a lot. I didn't have, like, really good girlfriends <laughs> and stuff, but, uh, you know. All girls are out. complicated. <laughs> yes. And so are boys. We all struck out in high school. Yeah, but yeah. girls will yeah. rip you to shreds that that they will do yeah i dated i had one girlfriend for one month uh, she dumped me um oh. and then i had another girlfriend for uh two months she dumped me sure. um i know um but and i was like i was on the cross-country team too so and and i didn't understand why they you know didn't like me but whatever it's their loss <laughs> um, <laughs> i do want to ask though because i'm curious and now yeah. that you educate but kind of in your own way did you feel like you got what you needed in terms of education from school? Are you were you satisfied with the public education system? Um, yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. So the best teachers I had were uh, my elementary school band director. She was amazing. Her mm. name is Gail Hughes. Um, mm. She retired uh, about ten years ago. She was just awesome. And anybody who can start children on instruments and just maintain a level of enthusiasm mm -hmm. year after year, I've, I just got to give credit to anybody who is working with children because you end up teaching the same songs every year yeah. and you have to, you know, do the same types of things. And she was just really great. And she was just an awesome cheerleader, uh, typing oh, teacher. Wow. Oh, wow. So she was good. We had a nice um, general music program. You know, I was taking recorder lessons i was taking piano lessons i would do summer camps you know just i i was bouncing all over the place mm -hmm. you know doing music at different places um but then we had in high school who was excellent this guy's name was bill phelps and he was our trumpet teacher and he you know he was an okay educator um i don't remember his pedagogy being like you know amazing um, but he was a, a fan a fantastic trumpet player and just hearing his, him play that instrument and trying to emulate him uh, was very formative for me and very, very helpful. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. I heard he has a, yeah, it was just a great model. I, and my other question is, so like, if you were to change anything about like public education, like yeah. for your daughter going forward, like what are some things you found lacking? Yeah. So I suffered a really bad lip injury in high school, really, I had to quit the trumpet. I remember that. Oh, no. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. Um, and I had zero support. I had zero emotional support from anyone. Mm. Um, you know, even from M Bill Phelps, you know, I, I told him like I hurt my lip. Um, and he just shrugged his shoulders, you know, like walk it off kind of, I got no support from him. I tried to tell the, um, the orchestra director and she didn't believe me. Um, I was just really frustrated and I had no one to guide me through that, um, how to deal with that loss. So I was just really frustrated. I was walking out of the middle of rehearsals. Um, I was, you know, the previous year I was in the school pit orchestra. I loved it. And then I was getting calls. Why aren't you in the school pit orchestra? You know, nobody was like, what's going on? Are you okay? Um, and I get the sense that public school is a lot better about that more. Uh, mm -hmm. Just from what I've heard, I mean, okay, maybe Jess, you probably know, you know, better since you've been in public school, um, you're, you're, you know, you got boots on the ground, but I think I really needed somebody to check in with me and like really listen to me and mm -hmm. just say, um, you know, 
what's going on with you? Are what you're not playing the trumpet? You love to play the trumpet. Why? Why aren't you doing? Yeah, that? some like emotional intelligence and uh, definitely support with that seems to be. I don't know. I I would like to think that that's what our generation uh, really veered away from uh, in terms of that, like every generation kind of picks up something a little bit better to do something better than the one before. Okay. And I feel like ours is emotional intelligence or just validating emotions. Definitely. Because of the lacking of it. I mean, uh, I'm so sorry, first of all, that that happened. Oh, that thanks. like breaks my heart. And um, because that can make or break somebody. And um, totally. and also it's very interesting because I'm going to be interviewing one of my first students. Um, oh, from my first job. Okay. And um, when I asked her yeah. what she thinks public education needs, she said that very thing. Right. And so I don't know if it's happening um, as much as it should. Mm. But um, yeah. I, I think that that story is really like important yeah. because... Yeah, you can't have too much of it. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's, mental health is really important. And yeah. The fact true. that you weren't believed is really what's hard for me because not being mm -hmm. believed is so damaging. Um, yeah. And when you, especially when you love something like that, you know, and like you would hope that the, the educators would be like, well, here's something you can do instead, you know, right. to kind of still have that expression happening mm -hmm. that you're not pent up. And I've been through that before. One time I was injured or mm -hmm. it would be like if my hands stopped working and I couldn't paint. Right. And Rudo knows what that's like. Yeah. Literally so, happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Like the second to last year of art school, I started developing a skin condition. I couldn't touch anything. And I was in... Oh. All of these courses at the time that involved like the the worst physical conditions like plaster oh and, and metal and wood. And I, I had to just bow out of everything. And wow. one, one teacher did exactly for me what yours did not, which was hmm. you're not going to be able to touch or do anything this semester. So just write, just journal, hmm. keep being here mentally, intellectually. Yeah keep documenting your thoughts and your ideas. And like, he just pressed upon me the necessity of me still being present. Who was Even that? if I couldn't physically. Um, uh, who was our lovely white haired guy in the sculpture? Phil. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He was that was that's Phil. so great. I'm so glad you had that. Mm -hmm. And that, and navigating that, especially as a young person who doesn't have maybe all the emotional tools that, they have as an adult. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's harder in your high school time. That would have been even harder. Cause like literally like front bits of your brain are not formed. <laughs> right. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. I mean, I checked out, I think that was my coping strategy was mm. to just be like, you know, heck with it. I'm just going to do something else. Yeah. So for that time, were you just focusing on track and like getting your grades up and like? Well, yeah, track for sure. For sure. That was number one priority over everything because um, we had a state championship to win. Right. You know, we had beat Ithaca. We had all these lofty goals for ourselves. Um, but yeah, yeah. And I think that's actually, I mean, interestingly enough, that injury that I had with trumpet is what kind of led me to commit to the piano. And I always knew that I wanted to be a music teacher. I always knew that as a young age. Um, I've kind of fought with it as an adult. Like, why did I do this? I'm not getting paid my due. Right. right. Um, uh, Tell but, me about it. Yeah. <laughs> but money aside, it's like, you know, uh, I, the tool that I am that tool, uh, you know, to be doing mm. that kind of work. Why did you, do you know, can you explain why you kind of knew that was what you wanted to do? 
Um, I like to teach and I was good at music. I had a natural talent for it and it just made sense. Um, and yeah, I love it. Yeah. Ali is just the most compassionate, great teacher just with anything. I've always Uh, seen it. uh, Yeah. God, you do me kind. (laughs) Me and Alice have both been like, he's just so good at explaining things. And like, it's a gift. Like it's like, I wish I was as good as you at it. You're very, you're very patient. It's yeah. very kind of you to say very kind of you. I'm in my element, so you know yeah. it makes it easy. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a gift. Teaching is a yeah. gift. Yeah. And you bring this amazing whimsy because some of the videos I get <laughs> Yes. Like oh my god, my your fa- playfulness. <laughs> one of my favorite ones is like lasers and you're just yeah. like you just put yourself above and you're like like dancing. Yeah. I'm sorry if that made a noise, but yeah, like no, that, just epic. It's great. So I'll tell you about that one. So that was that was at the I'll beginning link to of that one. Of, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I'll put it up. It's it's on my Instagram page. Um, if you want to check it out, uh, at Alejandro Bernard underscore. Um, if you mm. want to check it out, and it's the one with lasers in the background. If you want to see that. <laughs> so at the at the beginning of the pandemic, um, there was like this um, not talked about arms race between educators about who could demonstrate the most uh, technological prowess. Oh, um, I didn't because, hear about that. Well, no one talked about it. Hmm. And maybe it was just a, my own war that I was waging against everybody else <laughs> that no one else knew about. Um, but I, I wanted to to make it clear that I was competitive um, with video um, using technology, you know, video technology. Right. And so if you look at that video, it features uh, a green screen. Um, and that's why I have lasers in the background. <laughs> um, I'm able to play a backing track and then uh, hook up my keyboard to play along to the backing track. Um, and the volumes are, are nicely mixed. And there is a secondary camera angle of my hands. And there is also a um, virtual keyboard that I connected to my electric keyboard. So the notes light up when I play them. Yeah. So there was like six different things going on at the same time. I wanted to let all the ed- other educators know like, okay, I'm the boss. Like you got to beat this. If, I'm using if you all think- the crayons in the box. <laughs> yeah. And put them all together in a way that makes sense. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, it was just me being competitive. And um, <laughs> there's that track there's- mindset. Exactly. <clears throat> and having a little bit of fun with it. Um, but the butcher, uh, the, um, excuse me, the uh, the backing track is from a band called Butcher Brown and Nicholas Payton. Nicholas Payton came out with this awesome album. It's called Numbers. Um, and if you just want to put something on in vibe, mm-hmm. uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, Nicholas Payton Numbers. Okay. Mm. We will add uh, that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. That's just Didn't even listening. think to ask you for what you're listening to right now. Yeah. Fred Hirsch. Uh, Fred Hirsch, he's a phenomenal jazz pianist. Um, he's, you know, pushing 70 at this time, uh, but he's so smart. All the stuff that he does is so intentional and he has this finesse about him. And I just, um, he's like a tennis player that can just place his shots precisely. And it's just, you know, uh, everybody aspires to play like him. He's, he's just amazing. Mm. We're going to have to share some of your, the things you love. That's so okay. cool. Um, yeah. I'm going to like direct this a little because now you're like, you're like heading out of high school. You're starting to play the piano. And what did you end up doing? What did you end up doing next? I painted houses for a couple of years. For Mr. Beck? Yeah, not for Mr. Beck. Oh, I thought you painted for them too. No, um, I didn't really get to know about his business um, for another eight years or so. Okay. 
Um, I painted for a guy, uh, Jerry Prisgaki, masterpiece painting um, at a Trumansburg. Oh, cool. And, and so there was, uh, I, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to go into it, but let's just say, uh, I, I don't think everything was above board. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I, I, I learned to, to scrape. I learned to paint. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was getting paid like 11 or 14 bucks an hour, you know, which was for me great. Mm-hmm. You know, if I came out with 200 bucks a week or 300 bucks a week, that was awesome as a 19 year old. Um, and, uh, you know, I got to, I wasn't into music as much at that point, you know, because I still was not sure about, you know, the trumpet. I still was not sure about the piano. Um, so I was just doing that to make some money. Um, and let's see. Uh, oh, I, well, actually I got things out of order cause that's post college after oh, high school mm-hmm. comes college. Yeah. Uh, so I went to Ithaca college where I got my undergrad music education. Okay. Oh, cool. Cool. Uh, and so I did that. I did get that on trumpet. Um, and that's kind of where I fell into jazz piano. Okay. I was, you know, taking the jazz uh, piano courses with Steve Brown. Sorry. I just, I had some seltzer. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Nice>. uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I got I got into jazz piano, and Steve was uh, again his pedagogy was not it was really good and it was also really terrible. Uh, <laughs> but he was just a strong model to follow. That if you just kind of copied him and you emulated what he was doing, um, and you were a good self learner, then you were going to get something out of it. Right. Because mm. you know he was more a professional than he was a teacher. Right. He was you know someone who had been in the field. Yeah. So, so I really fell in love with jazz piano. Um, and I was depressed at the time, you know, I was, uh, I was smoking a lot of weed, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't know it at the time, but I was really depressed and, and I, that comes that mental health thing, mm-hmm. um, that we were talking about earlier. I just didn't have anybody to help me through. Right. Um, I was getting my undergrad on trumpet, um, while my lips were failing, I just, I couldn't put it together. I was frustrated, um, and, you know, I wanted to, I loved music. I wanted to play music. I wanted to practice music, um, but I was injured. Um, and so I just, I, everything was so challenging for me. Um, mm. And, you know, in retrospect, I didn't even consider uh, changing my major. I think if I had changed over to piano performance, I would have been much happier. Um, but for, you know, I didn't know that those options were available to me. And I never spoke to somebody about it. And, you know, uh, I studied with this guy, Kim Dunnick, um, who's a great teacher, and he tried to help me through as best as he could. Um, but, you know, I needed, I, yeah, I needed something different than what was offered to me. Mm. And, um, you know, again, I was using mal-coping strategies, just smoking too much, partying too much. And, um, you know, I think I would have done some of that stuff anyway, just because it's fun. Partying is fun. Of course. Um, but, uh not probably not as much, um, yeah. you know, if I had something that I like, if I was really into my art and my craft. Exactly. Um, it was like coping and um, redirecting because you weren't like totally. able to do the thing that you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate so much. I mean, this reminds me of what I was saying in our first interview about my experience at college. Mm. I just felt like I didn't have that, a mentor or the support I needed right. or the mental health support I needed to, and I think I would have partied less and I would have been more focused if I had been able to get into my craft as well. Right. That's interesting. So like the compassion and mental health piece is a theme, like the thing that people seem to need. Mm. Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. I'm Especially glad we're talking about it. Yeah, me too. 
I think it's really important. Yeah. And so you met Ruto in the forest. Yeah. And that's in college. Yeah. Well, yeah. Our, not, our college was a forest. So well, we that's technically about. forest. Next <laughs> day. Yeah, <exactly>. Keep it. <laughs> All right. We met in the forest. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm very like, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we won't split hairs on that one. We won't we'll, split hairs we'll on save, that We'll one. save that for another podcast. We that will save that for another podcast. We'll save that for another podcast. And like, you guys met. Just to like throw in like before when you guys were talking about when someone gives you an assignment, like mm-hmm. yeah. it's hard for you. When someone gives me an assignment, I thrive in it. So like, oh, no kidding. That makes me different. Yeah. Like in terms mm-hmm. of what I've thrived in is I need, I give myself assignments. Oh so my like, gosh. That's how I do it. Yeah. It's wow. weird. Okay. If it's something okay. I would have never <laughs> I would know about that. Liked it. I'm yeah. sorry. Say that again, Ruto. If it's something I would have never thought of before, like if it's completely alien to me, but like, like you, if it was something that I would have wanted to do. And now yeah. someone's telling me, like, I'm like, no. <laughs> my That's turn. my idea. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. No, but well, the, I the tight, tight, loose, tight, you know, like to have some like really tight parameters and then like be allowed to explore it um, mm. in between, like flesh out the middle. Well, tell have me about it. that. Um, they kind of like think about it in terms of like a like a really good human centered design experience. Like you start with like very narrow circumstances or parameters and then you go, but you can solve this problem in any way that you want as long as it ends up being similar to this or like here are the things that have to be um, fixed, solved, produced. Um, I've just never heard the tight, loose, tight. This is so interesting to me. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where did, did, is that yours? No. Definitely oh, okay. No, it's like universal okay. design stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. I've never heard okay. that before either. Actually, that's that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Strategy of design, my friends. So, so when I go into the practice room tomorrow and I practice, like, because I practice improvising, I'm primarily a jazz pianist at this point. Okay. And so, like, improvising is really important, and and you know, we have to set, we have to self-impose limits and restrictions on ourselves, and that's wow, the hardest yeah. fucking thing to do. Is like which limits do you impose? Which restrictions do you impose on yourself? And I've never thought about tight, loose, tight concept. Cool. So I'm like super jazzed right now. Um, <laughs> jazzed. <so> like, <laughs> jazzed. <laughs> That's great. <Super> bad. <laughs> no, we're good. Is what we are. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> so bad is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. All right, we gotta tighten up, okay? No. <laughs> we are not cutting this out. <clears throat> no. So uh, that's amazing. So you're primarily a jazz musician you'd call yourself now, huh? Yeah, that's my process. Okay. Definitely. I'm definitely a, a jazz musician playing other idioms. And I feel like I'm that's so cool. I didn't think about it in terms of like a a way that you like it's almost like a pair of gloves that you put on but like you make yeah. other things but it's f- contained within the context of a jazz approach or you said you said your approach yeah jazz approach, approach. yeah that's yeah. so cool mm-hmm. yeah and uh, no no go ahead jess well no i'm just i'm i'm still staying probably this is my teacher brain with the trajectory of your life so i just wanted to say like oh, okay. we were i'm sorry i'm like kind of going so okay. i was thinking like you were saying all right you were not really super happy you were getting through ic yeah. and but we'll like, get back to that ruto we're going to talk about the approach and the gloves and what have you okay Take, we're, we're going to circle back note. to that 
Okay. okay. Yeah, no, that's important. That's really important because that's now or like around now. So yeah, you're at IC and like you're going through these uh-huh. things and then – And what, then boom. Yeah. Uh, it happened. What was it? <laughs> um, the house painting. I ah. started painting houses. Oh, right. Um, yeah, that happened briefly after college. Um, yeah, and, and and there was just a, 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 peer, a couple of pe- – uh, years of my life where I was just kind of spinning my wheels. I really wasn't doing anything musical. You know, I was continuing to party, just trying right. to figure out, you know, as a young 20 year old, you mm-hmm. know, what the hell do you do with your life? Absolutely. Um, so that was my job. I was living at home at the time and I started working at Target, um, living oh, at, at mm. yes. Uh, and, you know, it's because where that's where my mother worked. Um, oh, interesting. And, I miss so she Target. worked there, and it, it's funny because she already had a full time gig. Um, you know, she has a great pension. You know, like a a great state job, but uh, you know, wanted a second job to she couldn't mm-hmm. couldn't sit still. It's my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I ended up working at Target with her. Um, and Nate Lockett comes in to Target. Um, and he sees me working there, and he just totally um he scolds me, and he's like, "Dude, what are you doing here?" Like you have a, a music edu- background in music education. Like you've got no business in Target. Like, Nate, you- hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. You saved me. He saved oh. you. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and he forwarded me the um, ICSD website and there was an opening for a teacher assistant mm. um, at the high school, which I applied to, and I didn't get that gig. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't right for the gig, but the elementary school uh, was there, and I had a great letter of reference from somebody who knew the principal, um, and I ended up working there. And that's actually where I met my wife. Oh, um, one of my best friends. <laughs> yes. Um, and like, I can just I'm like getting emotional that that's what Nate did because I know Nate. That's yeah. like that's. I it hope he cute. listens and knows how amazing that is. Have you told him? I'm assuming you've told him that. I'll never tell him. Never. Well, he knows now. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he's amazing. That's just so moving. Nick, that, you're not that, that special, man. <laughs> <laughs> he is. That's so moving. Cute. Yeah. I love Lansing boy. Yeah. It was he, he looked out for me in a real way. And he he understood that. Yeah. Uh, I, I had no concept about that, you know, jobs, trying to advocate for yourself yeah. and, you know, figuring out. Um, he had a much better sense of that, and he ended up getting into the school district too. And I think he ended up moving to New York City and then DC, um, yeah. and maybe even works for colleges remotely now. I'm not sure what he does. <laughs> That's the last I heard. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it was it was really significant that he he came and did that because I mean the alternative was I could have just stayed at home, living at home, working at Target, and you know, just kind of succumb to whatever life had in store for me. I don't know. It Um, really is a testament to the magic of friends and people in your life or the things that will happen that turn your whole trajectory. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. I could never. Yeah. Yeah. It's magical. It's amazing. And that we hear the call and we answer it. Yeah. Kind of back to like what you're saying about God. Yeah. It's all kind of connected. Yeah. Yeah. He had a hand in it. You know, that's. Yeah, he did. I mean, and I, I, you know, I know that maybe you might not be religious or spiritual, just, and and that's okay. So if if you don't think that was God working, I I totally respect that because I, keep going. 
Yeah, because no, because I just want I want to um I want to res- I'm not here to like try to proselytize at all. Um and oh, I want gotcha, people to, gotcha. I'm not I'm not trying to do that at all. No, and that's, I, that's I want, fair. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I I as an adult, I am so into respecting people's autonomy. Like I think that is sexy. Thank you. Thank and, you. Like, you know what I mean? So Ooh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to say like thank you for saying that, but I knew that all like I never thought it. Like I um Okay. I needed to hear it, so I understand. Yeah. Okay. I the thing okay. I know Ollie though. So so I kind of, and you know, some like Micah, like some of my close friends are yeah. religious in that way. But honestly, like you and Alice and Micah are the most um, true, I guess, Christians that I've ever met um, because you actually are what I think it is. You're the the right way of it. And I, I do think that any true religion that claims to be what it is embraces all the ways of loving and like finding magic and Mm -hmm. you know it's all versions of each other it's when it gets distorted that it definitely upsets rudo and i in a different way and i know you know about that stuff for sure so we can find all the good parts of these things and i I love a good multi-faith party where me too people can be coming from all of their different faiths and be singing the same harmonic resonance i would love that and you and alice and micah are people that um, definitely softened, have softened my feelings on it in my life. So I'm oh, very nice. grateful for that. <sighs> okay. That's important. Right. Well, yeah. you're welcome to come to my church anytime. I won't be doing that. But... <laughs> <laughs> Not in you. that way, but almost in a way, gotcha. <laughs> but in a way <laughs> you almost got me, but in a way that like, I feel glad nice that time. you, that you, um, are here and believing in the way you do, because I think you do great things for the world Thank with you. the faith that you practice no nice. thank you so if that much. does that make sense i really yeah no it makes it here. makes total sense it makes okay. total sense yeah Great. no that that feels really really good mm-hmm. and um and again, w- when you said like in the very beginning about god i knew what you meant and f- and i can translate that in my own yeah. language so for me that's when i yeah. say i'm channeling or, sp- mm. or spirit i'm yeah. saying the yeah. same thing you are you know so yeah. i was just like oh i know what he means Right. Yeah, I think the first word that you said was finding your flow state, that that was yeah, part of your personal mythology. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I can't manufacture it. It just, it's out of my control. Same. Uh, you know, I can try to set the environment, um, but, but, it uh, but it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And what is that? Yeah. We all have our belief on what that is. Yeah, mm. for sure. It's definitely God. Let's just be real. Come on, guys. It's definitely God. <laughs> JK, JK, JK. I love you. <laughs> it's I totally. Have a, <laughs> I have a random question for you that I was kind of meaning to oh, yeah. ask. It's something that I think about a lot because I feel like a lot of people can relate to the the idea that we have, like within a band, there's usually a um player that you're more partial to like some people really like paying attention to the drummer some people are mm. really into the lead singer and like it's kind of yeah. consistent so mm. like there's like you know that moment where you're like choosing your seat based on what you can who you can see and who you can okay. like vibe off of and i'm yeah. wondering for you being so ensconced in, in the piano world like if you have like that thing where mm. it's kind of like a cobbler who can't stop staring at people's shoes like are you able to experience the whole of a musical performance or do you hyper fixate on piano 
That's a great that's question. A, that's a great question. And it's hard to answer because I haven't seen live music in a long time. Oh, um, true. I, it, which is, which is, you know, bad boy, bad boy. Um, I need to get out more. And we have so many great concert venues in Ithaca. You do. Um, You're but, raising a small child. That is, that is also true. <laughs> that's also pass. true. <laughs> you get a pass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I think I, if I probably uh, fixate more on the piano player, especially if they're really good, um, because, you know, I want to hear what they're doing. I want to see, you know, can I steal from them? You know, secretly I'm thinking, am I better than them? Um, <laughs> you know, all, all those things. Um, and I just love to talk shop and network too from a business perspective. So, you know, after the show, if I really like somebody who's, who's doing great piano work, I'll come up and chat with them. And and pianists, you know, um, we're kind of like the Donatello's of the Ninja Turtles you know, Leonardo's like the leader. He comes in. You know, Michelangelo's a cool guy. Uh, like we're the we're the guy like tinkering in the back. You know, with our long bow staff. Yes. You know that's, and so we just like to talk shop. You know, oh my gosh, you know what? What did you? What harmony did you play there? You use a secondary dominant. Oh damn! You know. <laughs> oh my god! Now I'm just seeing you as a ninja turtle. <laughs> Oh, don't. It's That's happening already. There's nothing you can do about it now. <laughs> I love so, that. Yeah. Yeah. And how they touch the piano too. Um, some people play it like a percussion instrument. Some mm-hmm. people touch, are a little more touch sensitive and they might be able to draw different textures on the piano uh, and, you know, create little clouds of sound as it were. Um, and just their, their general approach. Um, and because there's 88 keys and uh, there's just so many different ways that you can approach it. Um, at the AME Zion Church, we had this guy come in and he played a style that I couldn't emulate. Um, I, I hadn't heard it. And it was this like deep gospel piano stuff, like modern gospel. Um, and, you know, I... It blew me away, and I just, I still, I want to like call him up and try to get a lesson because like some of the inflections that he was doing, or the way that he voiced his chords, meaning mm. um, how he there's how he how to grouped the pitches together. He groups them in certain ways. Um, you know, maybe they're really spread out, or maybe they're really close together. Um, mm. But he, you know, he he had a, like a really unique style, and. Um, you know, I, I, uh, afterwards, I wish that I had gone up to him and, and, and chatted more. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, we, we're nerds. We like to geek out. I'm not so much a gear guy. Some keyboardists, they really like to talk about their gear Oh, um, and, and what instrument they're playing on that, you know, uh, I'm not as into that much, you know, so much, you know, I figure if you're so into your gear, you're not paying attention to the piano. Right. You know, and so. Gotcha. That's my old school old man. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so like now we're like here and we had that thing we put on the back burner about Oh yeah. you wrote it down and like and also maybe tell us like what are you doing now? Cuz mm. you worked at a charter school for a little while. Yeah. And now Yeah, so um talking about you know, exploring other music through the lens as a jazz artist or, you yeah. know, someone who uses the um, the jazz approach. So right now I'm, I'm playing in a Roman Catholic church of all places. I have the keyboard and and my thoughts, exactly. Big organ. (gasps) I have the big org. I, I, (laughs) 
I play a organ every <laughs> Ooh, what's Sunday. That mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't go there, but yeah, I, I play It'll, a big organ every week. You'll realize what he's saying in a minute. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, publicly, and I have, uh, and I play the piano for a Roman Catholic church, and it's 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 different. I never expected myself to be in this position um, where I am right now. It's just the timing was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked out for my family. I, I've been really burnt out on teaching. Um, believe it or not, uh, just I believe it. <laughs> yeah, given given the environment, I absolutely believe it. Yeah, so I grossly reduced my teaching load and there was an opening at this position. It didn't pay as much as my private studio does, but just the nature of the job, the environment and the hours, um, it's been perfect. It's been a really perfect fit for the family. Oh, great. So the style of music at the Roman Catholic Church is kind of like easy listening. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so, well, you get used to it. Okay. Okay. and and it's really moving to a lot of people. So right, right. You know, and and yeah, I you know we go, we we stick our tongues out at it, but um, you know why why are people so into this and like trying to get into that mindset? And so I've been slowly discovering like what is it? Not like the notes and the rhythms, but what is it? The spirit of this music that people are really drawn to. What is where's the heart of the music? Um, and so we just went through an Advent season. Um, which is like a, you know, a time of reflection for people. And like, that's when it clicked. Um, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the type of music that resonates with this particular congregation or audience, if you want to think about it like a professional musician. Um, so just being in that headspace, um, I get to improvise a lot, which is really fun. Mm. I get to improvise a lot in this easy listening type of style. Um, so, you know, is it kind like of low figure- stakes? With the with that kind of style, totally, totally low stakes, um, and I, I could I can make it as simple or, or as uh, complex as long as I'm supporting the choir, mm. and, and um, it's uh, it's just been really healthy for me. They have a really nice grand piano, a Steinway B that I get to play on every day, Ooh. and it's lovely. And I love just, this. Uh, I love that you're getting to play music for your job. Me too. Me too. It's 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 really great. It's it's nice break from teaching, and I think I'm going to move more into. I mean, I don't want to say anything publicly because we're on this podcast, but I really um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing on the YouTube channel lately. That's been a hoot, and I'm really enjoying playing a lot. I want to play more, and I want to play with other musicians. Cool. Um, so pretty soon, I might put a solo piano recital on in about you know nine months. <sighs> And I might, uh, you know, try to look for some other musicians to, you know, to play some really good music. That's awesome. Are you influenced by the expansion of, you know, being able to play uh, distance, distance from each other? Or are you wanting to return to that in-person physical space? Yeah, I definitely thrive in the in-person space. Yeah, and and I've been fortunate enough to not have to do so much social playing these days or social teaching. Um, I I just prefer to do it in person. For me, it's for, with my teaching style. I'm more effective when I'm in person, and just the the mask. I don't have any breathing issues, but it just became cumbersome after a while. It really does bother me. Um, me too. So I yeah. So if I don't have to wear it, I don't I don't wear it. Um, you know and. 
Um, so yeah, I just like the, the in-person stuff. I want people to party. I want people to, you know, get to each other um, and have a good time. In the past you have played with some bands. I know I went to one with Alice once, like you have played live a lot. I I have, I've played. Yes. Yeah. You're definitely, you're absolutely right. And I, we were playing, you know, that I was playing with a band and I think the, the the stuff that I want to do is my own writing. I've written a, a lot of music. Um, I have a lot of great ideas that I want to collaborate with. Mm. Uh, I'm looking for an MC. If anybody who actually knows how to rap um, uh, oh, or do okay. that. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's something that I can't do myself um, very well without looking like a total fool. Um, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> so I'm like searching for somebody who has that skill set. Um, who are some of your favorite MCs? Um, gosh, you know, Nas, I'd like, uh, oh, wow. Know, I, I, I liked him. I haven't listened to much, you know, these days. Like more introspective um, stuff, like things that definitely. are quite heady. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kendrick, I, I enjoyed some of Kendrick Lamar. Um, I liked his backing tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a hard time connecting with a lot of the hip hop that's like coming out today. Yeah, me too. Um, the stuff that, you know, that, that people get really excited about. I'm more of like a 90s hip hop guy where it's really danceable. Um, and just like it's a little bit more upbeat. Uh, I love positive hip hop. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I, I have some things in the pipes that um, I'm excited to get working on and just, you know, to play more music. And I think as, you know, I've taught children. That's been great. I've taught, you know, adults. And I want to really connect with the general internet public. That's the whole idea behind doing this YouTube thing mm-hmm. by getting on there is I want to see what is the internet want? What does the world want? Well, they don't want somebody to come lecture you um, about how to play jazz piano. You know, they want someone who's really good at their craft and they want you to draw them unto you or I'm trying to, I'm saying this all messed up. I get the impression that people are really drawn to somebody who's good. And if they're interested to learn more, they'll come to you. Yeah. Um, And so that's, I think the kind of direction that I'm going um, and that, you know, I want to do something that excites people. And then people ask, Hey, can you show me how to do that? Um, And then I think that's, that's more of what I, I think that the internet is looking for. Yeah. I think you do that. You have like a, a little bit of a generalist approach. You know, you start with accessible tunes, you start with like a broad, really well-liked genre, whether it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, like your lo-fi thing or your like romance, sexy beats. Like there's, you know, there's (laughs) something in there for anyone who like may not even really have like the, the curtain pulled back from the music theory at all, but they kind of just make, maybe they just want to know a little bit of something. And so you've got like that hook and then, immediately you're drawn in just by your actual ambiance like you've got that the the sweetness and the playfulness so it's it's a perfect like the youtube is a perfect platform for you cool cool thanks yeah i'm still building up the audience like i'd like to think that my content is good but the views aren't quite there so and that has a lot to do with youtube it really is it's that's an algorithmic spider web right there yes yeah, so I wish I knew more to help you with that one. <laughs> well, it's a mystery. Something that came into my head, I kept thinking of the word curriculum and I was thinking this is like jazz improv like improv education. Like 
instead of making this thing you must follow to learn something, you're kind of vibing with the people you're teaching. Um, Definitely. Which is kind of what I think education might need um, and how I've been thinking about it too, in a way. So like to go back to the state of loving the learning and the, and the actual Mm. journey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, Definitely. What do pe- how do people want to learn? How do they learn now? What are the things they need to know? But can you approach it from a less controlling standpoint? Mm. And it. are we supporting the mental health through the process? So if someone's struggling, yeah. what's really going on? And are they getting the support they need? And can right. that be incorporated? Because mm-hmm. you don't like... I think about how like sometimes learning you you can actually embrace like a little bit of struggle in there, you know, like and if it's mm. recognized, if it's voiced and you're like, no, this is a really hard bit. We got to we got to get through this together. Come on, we can do this. Yeah. You know, and then like you're able to kind of envelop lots of different moods within the mm-hmm. process. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's your um, rapport is so key. Yeah. Rapport, just knowing your students and having good relationships with them. That's true. Um, I like to talk to my students, like stuff that's not music related, you know, how's your family, you know, have inside jokes, um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, chat with them, Uh, you know, just use a couple of minutes at the, at the beginning of the lesson to just kind of, um, you know, get the conversation started. Um, and then what you can kind of segue into the, you know, guiding them and, and, and leading them and, and, you know, showing them how to do stuff. Beautiful. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So we've hit our hour mark. I mean, I, I'll talk all night if you guys <laughs> want. <laughs> I had a few thoughts that came up about like a request. Um, yeah. I was wondering if you could like send your top five favorite songs you've written and maybe your top five favorite pieces of music that we could share. Okay. I mean, honestly, we should have probably talked about this before we hit record, but I was imagining, and I forgot to write it down, I was imagining you setting up some of your pieces and then us being able to cut into it, or maybe using some of your pieces as little um, interlude chapters if we change the subject. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It'd be really cool if we could do that. Yeah, no, I'm and I'm so sorry. I just came on. I I didn't prep any of that stuff, and you know, I said I was, and and then I didn't. So I'm sorry. Oh, don't um, be sorry. No, there's um, time. There's but, time. But we I, could do some post production magic. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I will say there was there's one that I I think the people out listening, and I think you guys will enjoy it too. Um, it's called Tears of Hope, and it's a a, a solo piano piece of music that I wrote at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. Um, and it was a product of me seeing other people's stuff on YouTube. Like when I was getting started, I was like, okay, what are other people doing? Um, and the arrangements that they had were pretty simplistic. Nothing was, you know, really amazing. And they were doing covers of other people's music. And so I said, well, I'm going to, you know, be the pretentious jazz artist. I'm going to write my own music and I'm going to make it better. Um, and so I did, and I got a hundred views, Um, But the music itself is really, really pretty. And so it's me tackling anime piano. Cool. um, Or trying to play in that style. Um, And so there's there's multiple, there's three sections of it. Um, There's like a schmaltzy beginning. There's a more uh, building middle section. And then there's just a rockin' jammin' ending. Um, And it's called Tears of Hope. Um, I and I stand it. by it. So I'll, we'll definitely, uh, I'll send you some tears of hope afterwards. Yay. Um, and, and I really, I love that piece of music. I want to re-record it and, uh, at some point, uh, because I just really was happy with the way that turned out. 
Um, there's another one that's pretty introspective. Um, it's called In Your Quiet Place or Just Quiet Place. And that's on my YouTube channel. And that was just a, you know, a short formed jazz piece that I wrote where I'm trying to have a nice, really clear melody, have some, um, you know, juicy chords in the middle, and then a bopping left hand bass line. Ooh, Ooh like ragtime kind of thing? Not ragtime. Maybe bopping isn't the right word, but um, really rhythmic, really danceable. Oh, cool. And so just to kind of maintain those three different elements at the same time, um, you know, is fun. When you, to me, like writing music is a mystery to me. Like I don't, do you see colors? Do you just hear it in your head? Like what is your, what happens? What's my process? Uh, That's such a good question. Um, So my process is I'm usually working on something. I'm usually chewing on something. It could be, and a lot of times it's a technical aspect. Um, Like I want my uh, fingers, my fourth and fifth fingers be able to do something uh, while the rest of my hands is doing something. And I want to explore the ways in which I use my hands. Um, And so, you know, I do that. I hear things. I have a pretty, um, people have their mind's eye. I have a pretty good mind's ear. (laughs) <laughs> um, where I can I can hear things. Um, wow. like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And then I try to play that. And it's really fun because sometimes my hands can't play what I hear. Mm. And so you have to, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like estimate, um, or you kind of have to make an adjustment, approximate, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, you know, to try to get the things uh, and, you know, work within the limits of your body. Cool. So yeah, I have some concept in mind and, uh, you know, I think my music tends to set a mood or a picture. So my wife has always said that, oh, you should write movie scores or something. Oh. Uh, but there's there's generally some emotional element that um, is is behind it all. That's mm. so fascinating. And you don't see, there's no color for you in it? There's no. I do see, see colors. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, different keys when I'm playing, like in the key of B, uh, or, uh, you know, that's like purple. If I'm playing in the key of F, that feels silver to me. Oh my um, God. Or if I'm playing in the key of like D, that's orange. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but, um, you know, but uh, I don't. I don't taste the piano. I don't do any of that. <laughs> like I draw the line. My <laughs> but I didn't. That's amazing. Yeah, I I teach my students about synesthesia, and like I yeah. I love hearing. That's absolutely cool. I did not know. Yeah, I think it's the the amount of sharps and flats that are in a key. Mm. It's just like when there's a just for some reason I don't know. I just when there's you know two sharps in the key signature, I see orange. I don't know why. Mm. I I kind of want to collaborate and like design like make something in response to a piece. Like I've always wanted to okay. do that. Yeah, yeah that w- that would be great. I did that for a summer camp. I got to do a a warm up lesson for the kids, and I made them. I rolled out butcher paper on the wall and gave them big old chunky charcoal sticks and made them do like staccato punctuation and just like Uh, whoosh their arm with jazz nice but they weren't allowed to look that's cool what what was their reaction when they oh they were squealing they were just like (laughs) they had the best time because it was i let them flail about it's a good thing (laughs) very good yeah that's great so are you do you teach art uh rudo is that what you're doing these days no, it's just always been kind of like a side gig. If I can get my hands on a teaching opportunity, I will. But um, okay. a, as a as a larger task, as a daily task, it feels not quite ready for my 
constitution. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Enough said. It's a big <laughs> undertaking to teach. It's oh my god, yes. You 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 have to really love it. I think. And even I then. love what you were saying around one of your teachers. You just were so impressed with her ability to make it to do that repetitive, like you know, with the younger children. You make, yeah. and and I wonder how you keep things new feeling for you. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Gosh, um, you know, some things you can't, and uh, just there's some things that you know, you're going to teach the same way. And I even like, I've done this, I can even as I'm teaching a lesson plan, I'm like, I know exactly what I'm going to say before I even say it. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah, We've been here, we've done that. Mm -hmm. And I think just thinking about the (laughs) kids. Just like the back part of your brain just put its feet up and like. (laughs) I definitely do. Sometimes, especially if the kid is like, not behaving or, or if, you know, if I can tell that they really don't want to be there, um, you know, then I'm just like, oh, I look at the clock a bunch. Mm, definitely a I clock hate that time when that happens. Yeah. Ugh. But there's no uh, flow yeah. in those times. <laughs> not at all. No. <laughs> um, yeah. I need, I had another question came in, which oh, was, yeah. you know, when you became a father, mm-hmm. um, how did that like affect your artistic journey? Like, or did it, yeah. or, what what happened yeah, no, to you? That's um uh I would say I had to embrace that I wasn't able to have as much time as I used to, and that you know I can't sit down and exp- have th- a three hour window of time um, for me to kind of like practice a little bit, cruise the internet, um, you know maybe pace and write some music. You know I I have a, like a couple hours in the morning while my family's asleep, and then after that you know that that's all I get. So I think just adjusting to making small improvements every day and just consistently working on my craft instead of um, short bursts. Um, so, you know, I'll, I have to be really satisfied with, okay, I put a good 45 minutes in today. I have to put it away. Uh, tomorrow I did 30 minutes. I got to put it away. Um, but just that consistency um, and keeping on it and just having faith that, you know, at the end of a month, at the end of two months, you know, I made something of value and that I, um, you know, and, and it's working for me. I, f- I feel like I'm doing my best playing right now. Um, and it's this, you know, when life uh, limits you, you kind of learn to work within those limits. Mm. Um, and so it's it's been really, really good. I love my daughter. Uh, when she was first born, you know, the first six months, you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. You just, uh, you just suffer. And uh, so- For your art. I, <laughs> <laughs> so I had hurt my wrists um, because I wasn't accustomed to picking her up so much. Um, and so I ended up, I wasn't able to turn my wrists upright. Um, and so just like, you know, that, I, I think I still have a little bit of tightness in there, uh, but it's, you know, 99% gone. Does she ever come in and like participate or have you involved her yet? Is that something that she's too young for so far? I asked her the other day, I said, Anna, would you like to take piano lessons? She says, daddy, no. <laughs> Daddy no. <laughs> Daddy no. Oh, and you must have been like, no. How's <laughs> uh, a heartbroken? Yeah, but she's pretty uh, young. She's young. She's four. Yeah. Um, you know, some some people they would just force their kids. She has a great voice. She listens to music every day. She has sure. a rest period. Um, and she has a CD player in her room, and she knows how to work it. 
Oh. And so we'll go to the library and get like five, six CDs and she'll Holy just cycle them. Moses. CDs. <laughs> well, Alice is a librarian. She's got the inside scoop on all of that. Yeah. Yeah. They're great for kids. Yeah. Um, it's just like it's it's a total perfect boo box for her. And she just jams out. She knows songs, all kinds of songs. She can sing along to them. She knows the words. So, you know. She's getting it in there. I, and I think when the time is right, um, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll try to get over there. Um, she was, even as a, a a little kiddo, she liked music, like a little baby. Um, when she was, let me think, like three months old, I tried to sit at the piano and she was in her car seat, um, you know, just kind of resting or whatever. Um, and so I brought her over to the piano. I wanted to practice for like 15 minutes. And I hadn't played for three months prior. And I sounded awful, just terrible. Nothing I wanted to do, I could do. Um, and it was really depressing. But I'm looking over at her and she's beaming. She's just totally smiling. She loves every minute. And and just that made me feel so good that I ended up playing good. Um, just because like, just to have somebody like really happy and really supportive. It's like, oh my gosh. And then I started playing and, and it sounded pretty good. Um, wow. so. made me tear up a little bit because oh. that's such a hard place to be because Rudos described that too of that period where you kind of had to put it aside a lot we talked mm, about yeah. that and that's hard mm. yeah. yeah yeah it's not easy to be an artist you it requires so many resources yeah. mm -hmm. constant resources and time. Uh, time money energy your health um gosh your mental health yeah I mean you you all know this I'm preaching to the choir mm -hmm. It's it's not easy. No, the like motherfucker the... wants you to play just dance or something. You know, oh, when you God. get to the <laughs> and so like you know, I get this feeling like we're winding down, and I kind of in that like vein, like what do you envision for a more supportive kind of world or environment for artists? Like, what yeah. would you like to patronage see? for sure? Without a doubt, patronage. If anybody's listening out there, please, please patronize some musician, patronize an artist, a dancer, somebody who is, you know, using their creative energies. Mm -hmm. The arts need patrons. Just, you know, outside of, um, you know, uh, the, the structures of schools and academia. We're talking real world, like people who are trying to make a living as mm -hmm. just individual artists. We need patrons um, and we need people to believe in us and they are going to get exceptional and exquisite art, right? There's, that's what we do. And that's what we're, you know, we're proud to do. Um, and so that relationship, it, uh, we need to be valued and um, we need to deliver and we got to get paid. Truth. Yeah, that's... Truth. I just feel really, really, really strongly about that. Yeah. And, and uh, being believed and seen and like, yeah, it's really important. Yeah. I mean, I love your art, Jess. I love the stuff that you sent to us. Thank you. And it's so you, you know, it, it's, it's really, uh, it's, you know, who, who did this? Jess did it. It's so obvious. <laughs> your personality, it's just, it gets emitted onto the page. That means a lot to hear that. And I love that. You have it hanging in your house, so it makes me yeah. so happy. Yeah, yeah we, we want more. You'll get it. <laughs> Tell me what you want. What you really, really want. 
Yeah. Really, <laughs> want I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I'm ziggy, 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 Oh, yeah. Love this our outro. my friend. Now, here's a story from A to Z. Oh, you know my friends, you want to get with me. <laughs> oh, my God. This is amazing. The boy in the cold knows more Spice Girls than the girls. I love it. I do, too. This is delightful. <sighs> Holly, is there anything else before we oh. fade out here? What else? Anything else? No, thank you both. It's been awesome to connect with the two of you. And I just, I'm so excited for your podcast. Um, keep at it. And I'm, you know, anytime you want me to come back, I'm happy to do it. Oh, thank yeah. You. Probably will. Yeah. We'll awesome. And thank you so much for like being a part of the birth of it. Like it's, I love whenever I listen to it, I'm like, this is such a cool collaboration. Oh. Just so many people. I just, I'm What's always a like, show I show without yeah. a theme song. Yeah. And it's original, <laughs> you know, and it's supporting artists, which we're talking about, you know, so awesome. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, please check out our show notes. We'll include links and um, points of interest that we spoke about um, in our session. Ali spoke about. Together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the music, as you as you know, is um, now from this episode, has uh, <laughs> entitled "Whimsical Aliens," written and performed by Alejandro Bernard from Ithaca, New York. We've got subscriptions, likes, uh, music tutorials, uh, Patreon on Piano Perfect. Uh, the amount of things that this wonderful creature produces is just amazing. Get amongst it. Also, the podcast has been edited and produced by Bjorn. Thank you. Thank you for these two wonderful men in our life. Yes. Thank you for your support. Thanks for listening. And see you next time. See you next time. All right. See you, everybody. <laughs>